0: This subject about, are the dead really dead? You know, I don't know how many of you know this, but there's lots of people follow, psychics and, and palm readers and so on and so forth. And one of the most famous cities in America is in Florida, that is a city that is full of these people, and many of the famous ones are buried even there in the cemetery, Okay. And um, one of the things people do when they go there is also go out and go through the cemetery and see about all of the people that's passed away. When you come to this one tombstone, it says, As you are, I once was. As I am, soon you will be. Prepare yourself to follow me. Now, in graffiti, and they assume it was a young person, under that painted and said, To follow you, I am not content until I know which way you went. How does the Bible talk about this, and is it something we need to know? It is from this standpoint. Satan is using this as one of the most deceptive things within his arsenal. He is deceiving thousands upon thousands of people with this very subject. You're going to see it tonight as we um, look at the subject. Let's ask God to guide us. Can we do that? Father, here we are once again tonight. Thank you for bringing us. Father, would you please be with Pastor Stan? He was supposed to be here tonight, and I've driven this road between Willits and Fort Bragg, so you be with him, Father, and keep him safe. Help us tonight. Let us look into your word. Let us listen to what the words tell us. And once more, I pray, we will feel your very presence, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this subject, almost 70 million people today believe it is possible to communicate with the dead. And by the way, it was in People magazine in 1999. Would you like to guess how many of them believe it today? Almost 93% in America believe you can communicate with the dead Many, many articles have been written, even Newsweek, you know, U.S. News. Is there life after death? You know, what about these out-of-body experiences? Maybe some of you have read those and seen those. You know, that's where they go out and they say, I was kind of up here looking down on myself and there was this great light and so on, right? And maybe you've read some. There was a doctor, did an experiment, Dr. Landis administered 30% carbon dioxide and 70% object to a subject, and afterwards, here's what the subject said. I felt as though I was looking down at myself as though I was way out there in space. I felt sort of separate. Is it possible these could be chemically induced I remember back in the 60s, some of you may remember it, when they wrote a song about a particular thing that grew on the farms, and they said you could take a trip and never even leave leave the farm. You know, know, one of our presidents had the... Biggest crop of marijuana you could ever find in your entire life. However, they weren't really smoking it, they were making rope out of it, and he had the concession to make rope for all of the U.S. Navy. And it really is a strong material. But we even find you know, you talk to people who've taken LSD, ask them about some of their trips they've had. (laughs) Books on near-death experim- uh, ex- uh, experiences have just went right into the bestseller list. It's on TV. Maybe some of these you've even seen. You know, uh, Montel Williams has had a lady on his show several times. They're now creating a show on Fox TV, and this lady is the consultant for the show. The, the other two that are kind of famous on TV, I can't even think what their names is now, but the medium and so on, there really is a medium that is a consultant for that show. They're based on some real people as a result of that. The search for Mary, is Mary really appearing to people all over the world? (laughs) We'll find out. As we look at this, the question really is, are the dead really dead? Okay, that's really the question. I want to start off with this verse. Because one of the things that, to me, is so important, and we understand on this subject, who's in charge? Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. We even get the impression that the devil's in charge of hell. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Revelation 1, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And of course, John says, Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Who has the keys to hell? Jesus, amen. Now, I got news for you. If I got to go to hell... I'd much rather be in the hands of the loving Jesus than I would in the hands of Lucifer. I don't know about you, wouldn't you? Now, this particular hell that's here is called Hades. Okay? This is talking about the grave. All right? Now, there is also in the Bible, Gihanna. And Gihanna is talking about a place that's got fire in it. All right? But this one here... Jesus has the keys to both the grave and death. So he holds these keys, not Lucifer. And he is in charge whether Lucifer wants to admit it or not. We discover something. The old serpent, called the devil, does what? He deceiveth the whole world. He deceiveth how much? And I'm going to tell you something, on this subject, he has. On this subject, he has deceived the whole world. It's amazing what he has done. The very first lie ever recorded in the Bible, guess what? Is this subject. Go to Genesis. We find in chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says this, Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Now what I got to ask you a question, we're all intelligent folk here, right? Okay, God says, eat it, you die. And the devil says, you won't surely die. Mm-hmm. Who's telling the, truth? telling the truth? You know, we read over in Romans, the wages of sin is, but not surely. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Now think about how much this has been distorted You get eternal life either way. Hello. If you're good, you get to go to heaven. You get this little cloud, this golden halo, and this harp. And you get to sit on your cloud, play your harp forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Or, you can have all the fun you want to have. And yeah, it'll be a little warm, but you'll have lots of friends, and you'll live forever in hell. Now, just think about that, folks. God said, the day you eat, you shall die, and the, say, and the serpent says, you won't surely die. Who's telling the truth? You know, who's lying here in relationship to this? How many of you have ever been to L.A.? You know, there's parts in LA really dangerous, okay? And if you ever find yourself in one of those parts and you don't know what to do and anything, just find a graveyard. Go in and camp out for the night. It's the safest place. And you look at me and say, What? Listen, the people that are in there can't hurt you, and the ones that would hurt you. Won't go in there. So you'll be safe till morning. Amen? You know? (laughs) I know. A little humor there in relationship to that. We have to decide. You know, look at the very next verse. Not only did Satan say you won't surely die, but look at, he also adds, For God knoweth that the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as what? God's. Boy, he's been passing that one off all the time too. You know, we look at some of this stuff called the New Age. There's nothing new under the sun. If you go about it and want to read it in the Bible, it's called Baalism. What is that? God's in everything. God's everywhere. Okay? And as a result, Satan is capitalized on this. How many of you have heard of the Emerging Church Program? Spiritual Formation. The silence. Listen, folks, that's right out of paganism. Hello. Okay? And if you can empty your mind of everything, then God can speak to you. That's not Bible meditation, folks. God doesn't say, empty your mind. He says, fill your mind with me, with my Son, and let me give you peace that passes all understanding. Two different things altogether, But many, many people believe that they themselves are God. All they have to do is get in touch with God. And it goes all the way back to Genesis. He deceiveth how much? The whole world. He's been doing it for over 6,000 years, folks. We're intelligent. Surely die or not truly die. Who told the truth? Who lied? You know, I think everything, most everything, can be reduced to mathematics. Okay? I want you to just go back one page. Chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says... And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The promise in the Bible, even though Satan will deceive the whole world, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. From what? Satan's deceptions, from Satan's lies even though most people are gullibly taking it in. Here we find God created, you know, everything else he spoke into existence. Here he takes the time. He he molds this individual with his own hands. And then after he'd done that, he uses artificial respiration and breathes into him the breath of life. And man became a what? A living soul. So if we look at this then, if we take and use it in mathematics, body plus breath equals what? Body minus breath would equal what? Now that's just one and one equals two, amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? And so this is what it did. And I know lots of people want to argue. Listen, I want to tell you something tonight. This is not a salvational question it's not something we should be arguing over then why do we study it because if we don't understand the Bible truth we will be deceived it's that simple that's the purpose but why argue about it you know some people think when they die they go directly to heaven My question for them is this. Can that person, mother, father, son, daughter, husband, wife, can that person come back and talk to you? Now, if you say yes, you definitely need this study. Why? Satan can use it in one of the most powerful ways to deceive people, and he is. If you say no, they can't come back and talk to me, Then guess what? I personally believe we're waiting for Jesus to come. He is the resurrection of life. And he will call us forth from the grave. Now let's say you're right. And when you die you go directly to heaven. And let's say I'm wrong. So what? Amen? I don't believe a dead person can talk to me. Let's say I'm right and you're wrong. So what? Do you think any of those that are resurrected on resurrection morning are going to complain? Huh? I got Jesus will straighten us all out. Amen, on the way to heaven. All of us have got some ideas that the Lord will straighten out. But this is why we're studying this subject so that Satan can't use it to deceive you. That's what's important about this subject. I know people look at this and they say, "Wait a minute, Jack. Isn't man, Isn't the soul immortal? How many have ever heard of that? Is the soul immortal? I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. If you're using the Seminar Bible, page 1742. If you haven't gotten your Bible, why, let's make sure you get one. And I hope that some of you, this will help you to be able to find some of these books a little faster. Anyway, 1 Timothy... Chapter 1, verse 17. Now, I want you to know something. The one and only time in the entire Bible from Genesis through Revelation is the word immortal used. And it's right here. Let's read it. Is the soul immortal? Verse 17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible the only wise god be honor and glory forever and ever and paul says amen who only hath who only is immortal heavenly father. heavenly father we're right there go to chapter 6 and reading in verse 14 we're still 1st timothy chapter 6 verse 14 "...that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he will shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see." to whom be honor and power everlasting. So here we find Paul says, Jesus is going to show us who? The Father who only hath immortality. So the only time the Bible has ever used the word immortal, it's in reference to God the Father. And He only hath immortality. Can a soul die? Well, If we turn over to Ezekiel, I want to read the whole thing. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. Behold, page 1234. Behold, all souls are mine as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall live forever in hell and burn in the fire. It doesn't say that? Oh, I better go back and read it again. The soul that sinneth, it shall what? So can a soul die? Of course. Remember, it takes the body and the breath to equal a living soul. Does that make... You don't have one? You don't have a living soul. It's that simple. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. It's right after Proverbs. okay? Ecclesiastes. And we read here in chapter 12, verse 7. Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verse 7. 1016. Page 1016. Then shall the dust return to the earth... "...as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it." Now somebody's going to say, well, Jack, you've been splitting hairs here. Okay, so it isn't the soul that goes to God. It's the Spirit that goes to God. But we want to make the Bible interpret itself. Amen? Go to Job chapter 27. Now Job's right in front of Psalms. Okay? Right in front of Psalms is Job. Job chapter 27. Job 27 and verse 3. Job 27 and verse 3. All the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my what? Nostrils. All the while my breath is what and the Spirit of God is in my he breathed into us the breath of life now I want to give you education in old language Hebrews the word that is used is called ruach it is used 377 times in the Old Testament 117 times it's translated wind or air. 33 times it is translated breath. And 227 times it is translated spirit. All the same word. How do we know the difference between the spirit and the Holy Spirit? We have a spirit, but the Holy Spirit is God. In the Bible, whenever they're referring to the Holy Spirit, it's capitalized. Okay? When it's talking about the breath of life, it isn't capitalized. In Greek, it's called pneuma. It is used 354 times in the New Testament. Three times it's translated wind, one time breath, 92 times ghost, and 258 times spirit. Exact same word, folks. By the way, we even get some of our English words from this Greek word. For example, have you heard of Pneumonia. What is that? It, it's, it's a problem with the breath, isn't that? You ever watch that guy on TV running? The, you know what that's called? That's a pneumatic hammer. They're tearing up the concrete. It's called a pneumatic hammer. Why? It's run by air. Okay? And so when we're looking at this, and the Bible says the Spirit goes back to God... What is it talking about? The breath of life. Okay? No big mystery. I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 2. Now, if the popular teaching is right, David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. David died. So according to one of the popular teachings, where would David be? In heaven, right? All right, let's take a look and see what the Bible says specifically about David. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre or grave is with us unto this day. Keep your finger right here, but turn over to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 36. Acts 13, verse 36. The Bible says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on what? Sleep, and was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. What does that mean? Body went back to dust. Does that make plan? All right, now go back to Acts 2. I told you we're going to come right back there. And as we look at this, let's read verse 34. For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he saith unto himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes a footstool. So he is both dead and dead buried, and his grave is with us to this day, and the Bible specific says he has not ascended unto heaven. You know, one of the things that amazes me, I don't know how many of you go to funerals. I've even preached a few of them myself. But it, it, you know, if you ever watch some of these guys, you know, I mean, the guy that's passed away you know, could be the worst devil you'd ever met in your entire life. I mean, you know, he was killed during an armed robbery, right? And you listen to this preacher. I can see him now. He's up there in heaven with the Lord. How come he never says, I can see him now. He's down there in the fire burning with Satan. You ever heard a preacher do that? I've never seen one do that, right? How come they all go to heaven? (laughs) He's in the hands of a just God. And the wages that he earned was what? Death. Death. Not eternal life. So, I can say it because the Bible backs it up. You'll see there in a minute, okay? David is not ascended into heaven. What's important in reference to this? What is it talking about? David was a prophet, okay? And if we back up to verse 30, here's what David was referring to when he made this statement. Therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that the fruit of his loins according to the flesh would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption so his soul body was not left in hell, the grave, and his flesh did not see corruption. In other words, it did not go back to dust. Are you with me? And it says in verse 32, This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. What was Peter preaching to them? Jesus Christ, who you crucified. It was promised in the Bible. He'd only be there for three days. And he would raise on the third day back to life. And that's what David saw. And here, Peter was quoting the prophet David. He wasn't talking about David at all. This word, soul, comes from the Greek word, "pouche." What does it mean? (sighs) I.e. life, people or animals. That's what it means. Your father will not leave my life in the grave, neither will my body return to dust. That's what David was prophesying. Hades, hell, is the grave. That's that simple. How did Jesus talk about death? Let's go over and look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11. We read here in John chapter 11. Message came that his friend Lazarus was really sick and he needed to come right away. Even the disciples were amazed that the Lord didn't drop everything and run to him. And yet he went on to explain why. But I want you to notice verse 11. These things he said, and after he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Now what did he say Lazarus was doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. Then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleeps... He shall do well. In other words, the fever or whatever it was had passed, and now he's sleeping calmly. So everything's okay. You don't have to worry about that. Howbeit, Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he spoke of taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. But what did Jesus call it? Asleep. Asleep. Wow. I go to thy wake him up. Now let me ask you a question. If you go to sleep, what's going to happen inevitably? You're going to wake up. Amen? you ever try to stay asleep? That's a bummer, ain't it? I mean, trying to go back to sleep after you wake up. What does God refer to death as? Asleep. Jesus said, listen. Marvel not at this. All that sleep in the grave will come forth. Some to life and some to damnation. Why does God refer to it as a sleep? Because that's all they are, sleeping. They're taking a nap. If your baby lays down and takes a nap, do you think the baby died? No, you expect the baby to wake up. Amen? This is the way God looks at all of us and this is the way he looks at death it doesn't look at it at this point in the resurrections as anything permanent at that point. Are you with me? And that's the way he refers to it. But what did Jesus say now? So there's no misunderstanding. First he said, Lazarus is sleeping. And then he says, Lazarus is what? Dead. The understanding of human beings. If we go, Martha came to meet him. Go to verse 23. And Martha basically said, you know, if you'd have been here, but even though now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give thee. And Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Then Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And this is where some of our theologians get the idea that you really don't die. Okay? You go into another form or another level or into a spirit. Was that what Jesus was talking about? No. Why? When you take a nap. Are you dead? Is there anything permanent about it? No, you're going to do what? Wake up. God looks at it and says, There's nothing permanent about it. You're going to wake up. And if you believe this, then all you did was take a nap. Amen? You didn't die. You're just sleeping. That's why God says, You'll never die. Because the gift of God is what? Eternal life. So when the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now understand they were just sleeping. Taking a nap. Jesus wakes them up. And how long will they live? Forever. Forever. He that believeth in this. Though he, he shall never die. Do you understand now what Jesus was talking about? His words when he was said it? Then of course... Jesus said in verse 34, where have you laid him? And you know verse 35, you got to put this to your remembrance, it's really a tough verse. When I first read it, it really bothered me and puzzled me. Jesus wept. And I wondered, why did Jesus cry? He, he, did he, didn't he not know what he was going to do? Well then why would he cry? When he saw the sadness that the separation from the life-giver, God, has brought to the family of mankind. Because death is a sad thing. Okay? And we cry about it. We miss them. We want to spend time with them. All the Am I right? I mean, I hope some of you haven't even had to go through this yet. You know? But it's amazing if you have. It's a sad time. But the thing that we want to remember, Jesus relates to us, folks. He's one of us. Does that make sense? And so when he saw this sadness that sin had brought, and the only reason for a person to die was because sin came into the world. And yet Jesus there to take it away. And so Jesus was touched with the way we feel And cried also. Then they get to the grave. Verse 39. Jesus says. Take away the stone. And Martha the sister told him. That he was dead. And said. Lord by this time he stinketh. For he's been dead for four days now. Jesus didn't pay any attention. He turned to her and he said. Have I not said unto thee. That if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. And then what did he say? Verse 43. Lazarus, come forth. Anybody know why he said Lazarus? If he had just said, come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have came. Amen? So he had to be specific of who he was talking about. So he said, Lazarus, you come forth and so Lazarus came forth out of the grave and they he said loose him and let him go you know this is very very sad I'm going to tell you why right after Jesus would you know who the Jewish leaders wanted to have die shortly after Jesus Lazarus Lazarus. do you know why he was living proof who Jesus was. They hated him. And Jesus even told them a parable. And by the way, it is a parable. About the rich man and Lazarus. <laughs> and Jesus' words were, Though one rose from the dead. He said, they've got Moses and the prophets. Well, they may not believe that. But if one came back from the dead and spoke to him, they'd believe it. And Jesus said, Though one rose from the dead, yet they will not believe. Now isn't it amazing in this parable, it was the rich man and who? And who did Jesus raise from the dead? Now right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, everybody as far as a Jew was concerned accepted Jesus Christ as the Son of God and made him the king, didn't they? What'd they do with him? Crucified Crucified him. Though one rose from the dead, even then they won't believe. And they didn't. You know the other sad part? (laughs) Lazarus had to die again. You know, he had to die again. I don't know how long God gave him. The Bible doesn't tell us. But you know, he had to face it all over again. So anyway. But what a deal. What does he call Death asleep. Do spirits of the dead return and visit the living? Now I want you to know, my grandmother and my mother buried my grandfather. About five days after he was buried, my mother was in her room and the door opened. And there stood her father. And my mother said, Who are you? He says, Honey, I'm your father. Sounded just like her father. Looked just like her father. I'm your father, honey. I've just come to be able to comfort you. And he walked into her room. She said, You can't be my father. He is dead. He said, I'm not dead. Look at me. Talk to Ask me anything. I'll tell you stuff only you and I know. And as a young girl, she had learned in Sunday school the magic words. And she looked at him and she said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you go away and leave me alone. He immediately turned around walked to go into the hall, and when he got to the doorway, he disappeared and never came back. Now, do I believe my mother? Yes. She wouldn't lie to me, okay? And so I believe these things are really happening, okay? But we need to understand who is it that's doing it. That's what's important in relationship this. I want you to go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Remember, it's right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And we discover here in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. It's on page 1013. 1013. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. The living know that they shall die. But the dead know everything. Just get in touch with them. They can tell you who to marry, who not to marry, which lottery ticket and numbers to play. It doesn't say that. It says the, do- the dead know not what? Anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished neither have they any more portion forever of anything that is done under the sun. Verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Some people believe in haunted houses. I could even read you a verse that says it ain't haunted by the dead. Who's it haunted by? And they really are. Listen, these people aren't all nuts and belong in an insane asylum. Okay? A lot of this stuff really happens. But it's the dead. How do we know? Look at Revelation chapter 16. We discover a verse here. Revelation chapter 16. Verse 14. Sixteen fourteen. Page 1817. For they are spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Who is it that is impersonating these? The devil and his angels, folks. Devil and his angels. You know, and and the devil is so clever. People call up and get their free 15 minutes. And I've actually had them tell me, well, I believe it because they told me stuff nobody else knew but me and them. How in the world could somebody else do it? Mm -hmm. How many of you remember Harry Houdini? When Harry's mother died, he went to many, many, many seances, folks. Many of them, he proved they were nothing but charlatans. Okay, fakers. But now it comes down in the hospital and Harry's about to die. And Harry called his wife in and asked everybody else in the room to leave. Harry told his wife, he said, Honey, I don't know if we can really communicate with the dead or not. He said, But I've came up with a plan. He said, we're going to decide on a secret word. Nobody but you and me will know it. And when you go to some of these seances and they call me up, if they can't give you the secret word, you'll know it's not me. They're faking. Now, how many believe was only Harry and his wife in the room? You ever seen that little cartoon? You know, you got one on this shoulder and one on the other shoulder. Well, that is a cartoon, of course. But how many of you believe you got a guardian angel? Oh, absolutely. I can tell you right now that, that wherever God's angels are, with the exception of heaven, Satan's angels are there too. The Bible even says the angels are taking down every word and deed you do. I got news for you. Satan's angels are taking some stuff down too. Hello? When your name comes up in judgment and he goes to, you know, uh, accuse you, he's going to pull up this list. All right? So was Harry and his wife alone? No, I believe there was probably at least four unseen beings in the same room. Harry died. Is Satan concerned about Harry anymore? Nobody can touch Harry. He'll either be in heaven or he'll be in hell. Amen? It's that simple who does the devil care about his wife and after several different seances in one place supposedly her husband gave her the secret word and she bought into this and died believing she was talking to Harry you understand how powerful this is how Satan is using it to deceive people Thou shalt not surely die. Satan has said it for 6,000 years. And he's passed it off and people believe it. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's that simple. The devil's deceptions. Remember, the wages of sin is what? Not eternal life under any circumstances. Death is the opposite of life. So you don't go to hell and live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It don't happen. Hello? The wages of sin is death. And when you look at the factor in the Bible, most all of the time... It talks about sleep. But those who go into the fire, God says it is a perpetual sleep. What's the word perpetual mean? I know. There's a couple of verses. We'll go into them. But we need to understand. It's the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. On Matthew chapter 25... Who was hellfire prepared for? Not a single human being was supposed to be in the fire. Hello. Will there be human beings in the fire? Why will they be there? They chose to go. Now, if you're going to choose to go to hell, you've got some screws missing out of your computer. One of the chips is bad. You've got at least two or three cans missing out of your six-pack, amen? I mean, there's something wrong with you if you want to choose to go to hell. You know, that's crazy. But there's many people that do in relationship. What did God say to Lucifer? I will bring thee to what? Ashes and never shalt thou be any more. Satan says, I will be God, I will do this, I, I, I. God says, yet thou will be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And then he says, I will bring thee to ashes, and never shalt thou be any more. Now I want to ask you a question. We're all intelligent folk. Does it make any sense at all? God would take Lucifer... (laughs) And reduce him to ashes. But human beings, he's going to put them in hell and fry them forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Does that even make sense? How could we say God was a just God? Amen? I mean, if that ought to happen to anybody, it ought to happen to Lucifer. Amen? But the Bible is specific. He will be brought to do ashes, folks. Wow. Wow. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. It says, The elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also and the works therein shall be what? Burned up. Burned up. Wow. I want you to turn over to Malachi because I want to read this. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament right in front of Matthew. Very important. God said he was going to reduce Lucifer to what? Ashes. We find in Malachi, chapter 4, verse 1, page 1395, 94 in your seminar Bibles. Malachi 4, verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. All the proud, yes, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Who is the root of all evil? And what did God say he was going to do to him? Reduce him to ashes. And anybody that followed Lucifer is the branches. Amen. That would include angels and humans. And if, what's it going to do? Burn them up. Look at the very uh, verse 3. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In that day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. What does he do to Lucifer? Reduce him to ashes. What does he do with everybody that chose Lucifer? Reduce him to ashes. He is a loving God, he wouldn't punish somebody. Forever and ever and ever. However, the punishment is forever. You see, that's where a lot of people talk about this. In Matthew it says, over in 25, punishing and punishment. When I was a kid, my mother made, you know, (laughs) chocolate chip cookies like you couldn't believe. And one day she made a whole bunch of them and she uh, had to go to the store. And so as she walked out the door, she says, leave the cookies alone. Ten years old. I only took one. I was very careful to make sure that it was like it was when she left. How she figured out I took one, I do not know. But when she came back, she gave me a blistering. Okay? Now, think about it. Is my mom still spanking me today for taking that cookie? No. But have I been spanked for taking a cookie? I know. What's my point? Punishing is the fire. The punishment is death. Amen? I believe from the Bible, and I'll be able to show you, I believe the last one to die in the fire will be Lucifer. I believe there will be many that almost instantaneously die. God doesn't make them suffer, okay? But I have to believe some of these people, you know, like Adolf Hitler and and some child molesters, I I think they're going to burn a little bit longer than others, okay? You know, the Bible says it lasts day and night. That's a 24-hour period. You don't know, think about it. Wow. It'll leave them neither what? Root nor branch. And the day cometh, it'll burn them up, and they shall be as ashes. The wages of sin is death. Remember, it says, as it was in the days of Noah, all outside the ark did what? Died. Died. So also in the coming of the Son of Man be, All those outside the city, guess what? Will die by the fire, for the wages of sin is death. Do you know the sad part? I said this one night, but I'm going to say it again. All those that weren't smart enough to get on the boat gets resurrected and ends up going back into the fire. Boy, I'll tell you, they should have been smart enough to get on the boat. Amen? I mean, you know, give God the benefit of the doubt you know, don't don't say why or how come or listen to some of these self-styled experts who even back then would tell you it had never rained. So Noah is, you know, he, don't listen to that old man. Hmm. Yeah, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. Amen. I hope it does for you. Amen. I want you to notice Job. Let's go back to Job. Remember, it's right in front of Psalms. We're going to close with these verses. First, Job 14. And by the way, according to almost all of the experts, the first book that was ever written was the book of Job. Oldest book in the Bible, okay? And I want you to notice this question. <laughs> Verse 10. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yes, man giveth up the ghost. That's that same word, ruach, breath. And where is he? Pretty old question, isn't it? Verse 12. So man lieth down and riseth not, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their grave. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath is past. And would appoint us a time appoint me a me a set time and remember me. If a man dies shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Okay, now where is he waiting? Just look at chapter seventeen, just over one page, verse thirteen. If I wait, the grave is mine house. I have made my bed in darkness. Okay? So go back to verse 14. In verse 14. 14, 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Where? In the grave. Till my change comes. Till he's what? What? First book ever written about Job, oldest question we have, will he live again? Appoint me a time, remember me, and I'm going to wait. I'll be in the grave, but I'm going to wait until my change comes. What truth did Job know? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 51, Paul says this. Behold, Paul says in verse 51, 1551. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall raise incorruptible, immortal, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. When do we get immortality? At the second coming of Jesus Christ. Wow. He even says, death is swallowed up in victory. This is what Job knew. This is what we should know. Death is nothing permanent. It's only a sleep. And we're going to be back together again. We shall know even as we are known. My mother-in-law was raised in the Church of Christ. And of course, her and and uh, her husband both believed that when you died and went to heaven, you were a spirit. You'd never know each other again. Uh, you know, the spirit, Right? And she was so sad when dad died, she literally sat down to die. Now, she was 93 years old. I mean, that woman could sit down on the floor and fold this leg and this leg across one another. 93. I can't do it, and I'm 60, something like that. Some of y'all can't do it, and you're younger than that. But anyway, but when this happened, she just wanted to die. That's all she wanted to do, give up. And, and I told her, I said, well, honey, you know, you're going to see Dad again. Oh, no, no, I won't see him again. And she went on to tell me everything she'd been <laughs> taught in the Church of Christ. I said, well, why do you want to go to heaven? Well, we're supposed to want to go to heaven. I sat down and gave her about a 15, 20 minute little Bible study. And I showed her I said, we're going to be like Jesus. Jesus was real. You could feel him. You could touch him. He ate. Hello. Okay. Jesus was all that. And it says, we're going to be like him. We shall know even as we are known. Now understand something. You know, Dean, you and I will go back to having brown hair, you know. We can throw these glasses away. You know, and and what a wonderful thing, girls. You know, you won't have to use dye if you're currently doing it. You know, I mean, we can throw away these wheelchairs. Uh, Laura, we don't have to have them anymore. We, we, we'll be wonderful. you understand that? We, but will we still recognize each other? Yeah, because some of the things you can't do away with is your characteristics. And what's the one thing you take to heaven? Your character. You'll still recognize my voice. All of those things, folks. And I'm going to tell you this, okay? God put Adam and Eve together. Hello? This is before sin entered the world. Am I right? Yeah. And God said when he saw Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. Before sin. And then he made Eve. Amen. Not Steve. Okay. Adam and Steve. Eva and Reva. I know. Listen, if if you're caught up in one of these lifestyles, I want you to know something. Jesus loves you very, very, very much. He really does. He came, and if you were the only person on the entire face of the earth in the history of the world, he would have came and died for you. But you've got to stop doing what you're doing because it's wrong. Now, I know that's not popular today, but I'll say it. But now, it wasn't good for man to be alone. Amen? Before then. The Bible says God never changes. There's not even a shadow of turning with Him. So now when sin isn't anymore, is it still going to be good for Adam to be alone? Of course not. And who did He make for Adam. Eve, and even they argue in the Bible over and over and over and you know what Jesus said? Yeah, he gave you guys. Moses gave you a deal where you could give your wife a letter of divorce. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So with some of the ways people believe and I've heard preachers tell it, you just parted Adam and Eve and you don't have that right. Hello? Hello? So, you know, Harold, I hope you love her. You're going to be stuck with her forever. <laughs> we'll see our loved ones again. We'll be together. None of this bad stuff will ever happen. All of the good stuff. We'll be able to watch our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren we can hold on our lap. Amen. It's a real place for real people. Don't let Satan steal it from you. He'll do anything he can to steal what God has given you. Don't allow him. Yes, sir. they all scripture you reading in 1 Corinthians? Uh-huh. I just love 57 because that puts a period to it all. Mm-hmm. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen victory over everything victory over sin victory over death we'll live forever so i hope tonight you found you know hope in this subject and i want to go on record and make this statement again it's not a salvational issue why does the bible tell us and talk about this because satan is deceiving The whole world, folks. And his first lie was on this subject. You understand? And he's been putting it out ever since. If you wish to believe your loved one died and went to heaven, fine. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus. Amen? We can disagree, can't we? If I want to believe that my grandmother or... My first wife is waiting for, in the grave for Jesus to wake her up. So what? Amen? We're Christians. We have room to disagree. How can Satan use it against it? If you think that person that died can come back and talk to you, now Satan will deceive you. So guess what? Doesn't matter which way we believe, as long as you know, they can't come and appear to you, they can't talk to you, and they can't guide you. Does that make sense tonight? Let's stand together as we pray. Father, I love this subject. You know. My grandmother prayed for me. And I can testify, if anybody's got a grandma praying for them, you might as well give up now. Because grandma's prayers work real hard with God. I can't wait for the day when you say it's time to get up. And we meet each other in the clouds. I know grandma's going to be surprised. I'll give you all of the credit. But what a wonderful day this will be. May each person here share the good news. Why be a Christian? Because the gift of God is eternal life. Thank you. Amen.